Grace Church. I want to welcome you. And uh, man, it's just exciting to have you here. I'm excited to preach this message this morning. And um, and God has really been using it to minister to me in my life. And I believe He's going to use it to minister to you in your life as well. And I want to take just a moment to welcome those that are watching on Facebook Live. I um, want to welcome you. And I know God's going to speak to you as well. My name is Justin Ross, one of the lead pastors. One of the lead pastors. The lead pastor here at Grace Church. Okay. <laughs> Um, but uh, it's, it's great to be here. We are continuing our series called Heroes of Faith, and uh, we are talking about the story of Samson today. You know, we are in March Madness. How many of you have watched a basketball game during this month, right? Raise your hand if you have. Oh, a few of you, okay? This is the season of March Madness, basketball games. But basketball games, much like many other sports, they have halftime. And halftime is a time for resting. It's a time for reflection. It's a time to make adjustments so that you can finish the game, hopefully even better than you started the game. There have been many teams who were ahead at halftime and lost. Okay, Ask Gonzaga, right? There were many teams who were losing at halftime and they came back to win the game. There are two halves in a game, but it's not until the final whistle is blown that we're able to make a definitive statement about how our life turned out. Now, I don't know what what quarter you're in in your life. And the fact of the matter is, is you don't know what quarter you're in because we don't know how much time we have on this life. I think I heard someone say they're in overtime. All right. I'm not going to point any fingers, name any names. But, uh, you know, we we don't know if, if we have tomorrow. We don't know when the final whistle is going to blow. Our series, once again, called Heroes of Faith. Today, God is going to remind you this morning that it's not too late. God is going to remind you this morning that if you're still here, you're still breathing, you're still alive, and the clock is still ticking, that the past doesn't have to define your future. If you're still here this morning, God is going to remind you that He has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. There is a reason why you are still breathing and that you are still alive. Maybe up until this point in your life, you know, maybe the first half of your life, maybe the first part of your life has just been filled with nothing but losses. Maybe up until this point, it's just been full of a series of mistakes and sins and failures and disappointments. But you're still here. The whistle has not blown. The game is still on. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, man, I just feel broken. I just feel like I'm in a bunch of different pieces. I feel like I'm broken and I don't know where to go from here. You know, brokenness is often God stripping us of our self-sufficiency. Often in our brokenness, we remember that it's not in our own strength, it's actually in God's strength. Brokenness brings to life what the Apostle John reminded us of in John 15 and verse 5. He's speaking of God and he says, yes, I am the vine, God is the vine, and you are the branches, you and I. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
You can do nothing apart from Jesus Christ. You see, that's so easy to say. It's so easy for you and I to, to make those kind of statements, but it's a whole different ballgame when we go to live it out. Without Him, we can do nothing. The hero we're going to look at this morning is a well-known biblical character. His name is Samson. And it's easy to wonder when you read the full story of Samson. It's the full story of Samson, his 20 years of being a judge in Israel, his 20-year career. You can read the full story in Judges chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16. But it's easy to wonder when you read the story of Samson, like how did this guy make it into the hall of faith? In Hebrews chapter 11. He's mentioned as one of the heroes of the faith. But when you read his story, it's like, how did, how did he make it into the hall of faith? Time will not allow for us to go over Samson's life in great detail, but you can read Judges uh, chapters 13 through 16 on your own. You can get the whole story of Samson's 20-year uh, career as judge in Israel. But Samson's life story, it starts out in a very powerful way. And it starts out in Judges chapter 13. If you have your Bible this morning, it's going to be in your Old Testament. Judges chapter 13, you can uh, look it up, read it along. We want you to, to know how to use your Bible. We want to encourage you to read your Bible. Um, if you don't have a Bible, we want to give you one today. All right, You can grab one in the lobby at the Welcome Center. Just ask for a Bible, we'll get you one. But Judges chapter 13, beginning in verse 5, is a... It's kind of a summary that can be stated, but Samson's life starts out very powerfully, and it says, you will become pregnant, speaking of Samson's mom, and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut, for he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. Now, Samson's mom was told that she was going to have a baby boy, and he was going to be dedicated to God. That's what the Nazarite vow was. And it, it's, it's to be unique, or it means to be set apart. It's a set apart role that God was calling her son to. I want him to be set apart. I want him to be unique. I want him to be different. And by the way, parents, that's why we encourage you here at Grace Church to dedicate your children to the Lord. And when we have a little baby born, and we've done it often here at Grace, we'll have a bunch of babies lined up here, and parents are dedicating their children to the Lord. And it's really more for the parents than it is for the child. It's actually the parents who are committing to say, I'm going to raise this child in the ways of God. I'm going to do my best to... to to lead this child in the path of God, to make sure that I don't just send them to church, that I take them to church. That's why we dedicate children here at Grace. You know, we do this because as early as possible, you want to be set apart to God. You want to, you want to be focused on God's path. The Nazarite vow said that no razor was to touch his head. No razor. He was to grow his hair out. He was never to cut his hair. His hair was never to be cut. And the growing hair will be the secret to his difference, to his uniqueness. This boy would have the power of Superman in the feats that he would perform. He would have incredible strength. Samson was every man's nightmare. He was every woman's dream. Right? On that note, I, I really feel weird. I have to be honest with you. Preaching about Samson, and obviously, I'm bald, alright? So if you guys could just uh, bear with me just a moment. I'm going to get in character here this morning, okay? 
Boom. All right. All right. I was telling Chris that I was going to do this today, and he said, man, you're going to have to put on a strongman costume, and I said, I already got it on. All right. <laughs> now I know why you ladies do this all the time. Okay. If you could try to stay focused, please. All right. Let's, let's get to the word here. Samson, he really would have been a star in our day and age today because he had it all going for him. And he had the strength, he had the charisma, but he had something that was different, and it was the Nazarite vow. His mother had to explain to him as a kid, son, you are not like every other kid. You belong to God. You should have been, uh, you shouldn't have even been here because Samson's mother was barren. She couldn't have any children. And just like we heard the story of Jen, who was miraculously healed, Samson's mother also, through the miracle of God, was able to give birth to a son because God blessed her in that way. Samson shouldn't even have been there, shouldn't have, have been born, but God supernaturally allowed his mother to get pregnant and give birth to, to Samson. And God said, Samson, I want you to carry out my purposes. So what was that purpose? It said in verse 5 that his purpose was to rescue Israel from their enemies. He had a divine assignment because he was set apart with the Nazarite vow for a unique purpose. Some of you are just looking at me so funny, man. Alright, the Nazarite vow doesn't exist anymore. You may wonder, like, why, why don't we do this today? Okay, this was, this was something that was done in the Old Testament. It's not done as New Testament Christians. The Nazarite vow doesn't exist anymore, but set-apart people do exist. And the scriptures call it being sanctified. It means being set-apart for a unique purpose, for the purposes of God. And every child of God, every saint is supposed to be sanctified, to be set-apart for the purposes of God. Every Christian is supposed to be set apart for God's unique calling in his or her life. And throughout Samson's career, you're going to see a phrase that continually pops up again and again. And, and let's look at it here in Judges chapter 13 and verse 25. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him. The Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him. Judges 13 verse 25. Look at Judges 15 and verse 14. But the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson, and he snapped the ropes. There was a time where the enemy tried to bound him, tried to tie him up to where he couldn't be set free, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he broke the ropes that they tried to tie him up with. In other words, his set-apartness, his uniqueness, gave him access to spiritual power. He had power against his enemies because the Spirit of God was upon him. Now listen, every believer today in the current age, the church age, has the Spirit of God in them, and they too have access to the spiritual power. And they, they need to be living sanctified. They need to be living set apart, uniquely different. This means living separated, unique, different. There should be a difference in your life. Not weird, okay? I, I feel weird even saying that with this wig on, okay? Not weird, but set apart. Set apart. 
Once you lose your uniqueness, once you lose your difference, you lose your power. And then Samson meets Delilah. Oh, Delilah. The word Delilah means delicate or soft to the touch. She was a beautiful woman. It goes on to say that the Philistines, the enemy of Samson, the enemies of the people of God, they talk to Delilah and they say, Samson has been just totally destroying us. We can't do anything about his strength, but we know that Samson is infatuated with you, Delilah. Delilah, if you will help us find the source of his strength, we will pay you large sums of money. We will pay you so much money, you could retire, you could travel, you could... Delilah, if you can help us find the source of his strength, we'll give you everything you ask for. This, this man, Samson, he's destroying us, and we don't know what his secret is. What is the secret behind Samson's strength? Delilah, you have all the right moves. And you can work it to get us what we want. What Samson didn't know was that Delilah was a gold digger. That's why she was in the, the relationship. That's why she was manipulative. She wanted nothing but riches and money. Delilah wanted the money, and the highest bidder would do. Delilah goes to Samson multiple times, but the first time, she simply asks him, Samson, what's your strength? And Samson likes to play games. He kind of likes these riddles and stuff. And so he tells her that his strength is something that, he, that it's not. He lies to her. And so Delilah is trying to test whether or not he has told the truth. And so uh, she hollers out. She says, Samson, the Philistines are coming. And Samson pops up. And obviously his strength has not left him. And so Delilah knew that Samson wasn't telling the truth. So time number two, Delilah says, come on, you're messing with me. What is it that makes you so strong? What is it, Honeykins? What is it, big guy? What is it that makes you so strong? I can't even pretend, man. And you know, this time, like, she's showing a little more skin. She's working... Everything she has to try to get this information from Samson. And Samson lies to her again. And wrong again. She tests it again. Fakes him out like the the enemy's coming. He hasn't lost his strength. Third time. Same thing happens. And now we get to time number four. Judges chapter 16 verse 15. It says, Then Delilah pouted. How can you tell me I love you? When you don't share your secrets with me, right? And she's working it now. Like, how can you say I love you if your heart's not with me? You don't love me. You've never loved me. If you love me, how can you keep secrets from me? You know, I mean, she's just working everything she has. She goes on to say, you've made fun of me three times now, and you still haven't told me what makes you strong. Look at verse 16. She tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Woo! That is in the Bible right there. Okay? I'm telling you. She got on his last nerve. Do you remember what 
King Solomon said about this? Like, the wisest man that ever lived? He said, it is better for a man to live on the rooftop of a house than to be in the house with a nagging woman, right? Or he said, the constant talking of a woman is like the drip of a water from a faucet, okay? Like, it's in your Bible. This is crazy. In other words, nagging can drive a man to craziness. And she nagged him and nagged him and nagged him until the Scripture says he was sick to death of it. Verse 17, Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. He couldn't take it anymore. He had had enough. My hair has never been cut, he confessed. For I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me. And I would become as weak as anyone else. And Delilah realized that he had finally told her the truth. So she sent for the Philistine rulers. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with money in their hands. Verse 19, Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, she began to bring him down. And his strength left him. He fell asleep in her lap and a man cut off his hair. Now, let me remind you that the power was not in his hair. All the bald men said, Amen. Okay? The power was not in his hair. The power is in the Spirit of the Lord. Okay? But, the power was represented by his hair because his hair was a symbol of his vow. And his vow was dedication to the Lord. That was his vow. So when he lost his hair, he lost his vow, which means he's no longer functioning in his set-apartness, which means he's no longer functioning in the power of the Spirit. So let me put it this way. What I'm trying to say is, when you do outside of your calling, you're doing outside of the Spirit's power. When you're trying to do in your own strength, you're doing it outside of the power of God. Your separation as a follower of Christ, you're, you're trying to do outside of where the Spirit of God really flows. How does this play out in our real time? Like, how does this, how can we use this tomorrow? And I want to speak a little bit to the young people here this morning. It's, you can be set apart in your school. You're like, man, you know, I, I go to church and, you know, my parents, they go to church, it seems like, every day. And, you know, they're like trying to lead us in prayers and trying to do devotions at home. And, and it's like, man, your parents are trying to help you be unique, trying to help you be set apart. Yes, we want you to be different. You can be set apart for God's calling in your life. You really can. And that's where the power of the Spirit of God flows. So the Philistines, they capture Samson because he lost his strength. And now they're having a party. Okay, they are jamming. I mean, they are celebrating. Why? Because 
Our God beat Samson's God. They are mocking the man of God now. They're celebrating because Samson has lost his strength. We went from people fighting people to gods fighting gods. This is a spiritual battle now. They're mocking Samson. They're mocking the God of Samson because they think they have defeated them both. Because Samson is, is now blind. Not only did they cut his hair off, but they gouged his eyeballs out. They cut his eyes out. He lost his hair. He's completely blind. And now they're saying, Samson, we're running the show now. You thought you were dedicated to God. You thought you were some great and mighty man of God, but we're running the show now. You know, some of us, some of us, we're dedicated to God. Some of us were dedicated to God by our parents. Growing up, Man, we were in the house of the Lord. We were around the people of God. We were trying to serve the Lord as best we could. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was when you went to college. Maybe it was when you tasted freedom for the first time. You know, you became this adult that knew everything. And so you just did it your way. And slowly but surely you became like the rest of the world. And you got to this place where you were as blind, or maybe you are as blind as they are. Maybe you're as bound up as everyone else around you. Like, you don't feel free. You feel enslaved. You feel as defeated as everyone else around you because you left your uniqueness. You you stepped out of the path that God had called you to. I want to call your attention to this last segment in verse 22. If you could just picture this, I'm not going to put the wig back on, okay? Judges chapter 16, verse 22. But before long, his hair began to grow back. It's not just talking about the hair on his head. It's talking about something else here. The context of this statement is a context about God. The Philistines were praising Dagon, their god, because Samson was defeated. Samson was defeated because of sin. And sin led to the cutting of his hair. However, while they were partying with their god, while they were worshipping a false god, and Samson, it says, was grinding around in the prison, he was working in the prison, what Samson lost began to return. And his hair began to grow back. What he lost, he lost because of sin. Now you can only regain what you've lost through repentance. Repentance is a turning away. Man, maybe you're, you're that individual. You're like Justin, man. You're like talking to me. I am bound up. I feel enslaved. I feel like everyone else. Because you stepped away from the path that God had called you to. But there is hope for you this morning because you can repent and you can turn back to that way in those bound up arms that you have, that bound up mind, that bound up freedom that you're not experiencing can be set free. And it comes through repentance. It comes from turning away from your old life and turning to God in the new life. What he lost, he lost because of sin and you can only regain what you lost through repentance. And we're going to see that in a moment through the prayer that Samson prays. 
And remember, I'm trying to answer the question, how did Samson end up in the hall of faith? And I believe this is the centerpiece right here of how he ended up in the hall of faith. His hair is growing back because in his brokenness, Samson gets right with God. He repents and he turns back to God. And that is the only way you can explain why Samson shows up in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. In his messed up condition, in his broken life, in his bound situation, Samson remembers where his strength really comes from. It really comes from the Lord. He remembers this. He's grinding in the prison, and Samson begins to pray. He says, Lord, give me my hair back. Lord, Lord, give me my hair back. And some of us here today, we're asking God, God, would you please just give me my life back? Give me my health back. Give me my relationships back. Give me my peace back. Give me my joy back. Give me my hopefulness back. Give me my my influence back. Give me my reputation back. Take me off of the drugs, Father. Help me, just help me to have my life back. You're blind. You're bound. You can't see any freedom. But the scripture says, his hair began to grow back. The hair growing back for us as Christians is repentance. It's being honest with God about where you've gone wrong and you turn back to God and you get back on the right path. It's called repentance. It's God turning it all around and making something beautiful out of the mess that we have created. Verse 25. Half drunk by now, the people demanded, remember they're partying, Bring out Samson so he can amuse us. And so he was brought from the prison to amuse them. The saint has become the joke to the sinners. Man, it still happens in our day and age. Like when you really get serious about the things of God, you will become a joke. You will. However, his hair is growing back. It ain't over yet. So they brought Samson up. They're making fun of him. They're, you know, they're using Samson as entertainment. And they had him stand between two pillars supporting the roof. Okay, They're half drunk. Not very bright. Verse 27. Now the temple was completely filled with people. All the Philistine rulers were there. And there were about 3,000 men and women on the roof who were watching as Samson amused them. Okay, So roughly there's, there's five, six... Seven, eight thousand people there. So, depending on you know how many people were crammed inside, there's people crammed inside. There's people up in the roof area. This is a party, all right. This is a large gathering. And up until this point in Samson's life, his life, he had used the power of God to benefit only him. But remember, that was not his calling. The calling was to deliver others. God's purpose for your life is not just about you. It's not just about you. It includes you, but it's never only about you. You see, God's kingdom purpose is blessed to be a blessing. And God blessed Samson with strength so that he could rescue others. God blesses you to be a blessing. God gives you your abilities, your talents, your creativity, your knowledge, your fix it. Abilities, Whatever God has given you, He's given you that so you can bless others and deliver others. 
So I have to ask you this morning, who are you rescuing? Because God has rescued you. Who are you rescuing? Verse 28. And then Samson prayed to the Lord. Okay? He's remembering his source of strength. He says, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines, my enemies, for the loss of my two eyes. And then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple. And pushing against them with both hands, he prayed, let me die with the Philistines. He says, Lord, let this be my finest hour. And Samson presses the pillars And the scripture says, And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. In his lifetime, Samson had 1,030 victories. In his death, he had somewhere between six to 8,000 victories. Like, what are you saying, Justin? What am I saying? I'm saying it's not too late. That's what I'm saying. And at his death, okay, catch this. This is, this is critical. At Samson's death, he did more in just a couple minutes in his death than he did in 20 years of his own human effort. What I'm saying is when you function, when you, you're walking sanctified, you're walking in holiness, you're, you're walking in the, in the light and not in the darkness, you can do more in just a couple seconds than you could do in your entire lifetime in your own strength. Listen, you don't have to end the game of life a loser, even if you've lost up until this point. God is saying, if you let your hair grow, okay? If you come back to the right path, if you come back to the right relationship with me, you can discover that even though you've lived bad, you can die well. You can finish well. And then it closes in verse 31. And later his brothers and other relatives went down to get his body. They took him back home and buried him between Zorah and Eshtah, well, where his father um, Manoah was buried. Samson had judged Israel for 20 years. All right, in all of this, in this story, Samson shows up in Hebrews chapter 11 as a hero of faith, as a great man of faith. Why is that? I believe it's because he got right with God, and God did great things through him, even in the last two minutes of his life. So, here is the word I want to leave you with today. This is the word... I want to leave you as a, as a man, as a woman, as a husband, as a father, as a, as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter, as a son, just as an individual. I want to leave you with this word today. Don't you give up. Okay? Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. You may say, I am bound, I'm blind. Man, the other gods in my life, they're just telling me what to do. It's like, I I just, I have no sight, I have no victory, I have no freedom. I'm a failure, I'm defeated. 
My reputation is completely destroyed. You know, all that may be true. It was true for Samson. But he said, Lord, one more time. He said, Lord, one more time. Please show up and show off for me, please. One more time. And if it costs me my life, let me go out of here swinging. Let me go out of here fighting with God. Please, God, one more time. So don't give up. Whatever you're facing in your marriage, in your parenting, in your school, in your job, don't give up. All right? Father, thank you for the story of Samson. Man, it breathes hope into our lives. It reminds us that it's never too late. I know there's some of us here that, man, maybe we are in the, in the last season of our life and we feel like we've been put on a shelf. God, it is not over. It's never too late. Help us to use what you've given us for your kingdom's sake, for your glory. Lord, we have been blessed to be a blessing. And Lord, help us to, man, to have open hands to minister and to bless others. And to be a light in all the darkness around us. Father, I pray that you would help us as individuals, as families, as a church to not quit. Man, the enemy, he wants to remind us of everything that we've done wrong. And God, I just pray that you would, you would bind him up. And you would just remind him that he is the liar. And Lord, help us not to listen, but to listen to you. You're the one that is for us. You're not against us. You're speaking truth to us. God, help us to walk in your spirit and not in the flesh. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.